Welcome to the second season of the Beyond the Reiki Gateway podcast with Kathleen Johnson and Andrea Kennedy. While we are extremely excited to bring you new guests and topics, last season featured some popular shows too. If you haven't already, please check out season one episodes on topics such as spirit guides, past lives, crystals, and more. Now, let us settle in and explore what lies beyond the Reiki Gateway on this Season 2 premiere episode, Numerology 1.0. This is Andrea Kennedy with my co-host Kathleen Johnson, and we have a very special guest with us today, Jaffa Kaufman of Spirited Events by Jaffa, and she is here today to talk all about numerology, and we're going to get a little personal with us today, too, so we are super excited to welcome you here with us today, Jaffa. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, ladies. It is my pleasure to be here, especially the beginning of your second year. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We're very pleased, too. Jaffa, I myself have been interested in numerology for a number of years, and I've dabbled in it somewhat. And I use the word dabbled because I know far less about it than I do know about it. So maybe you can start us off by just sharing what you know about what is numerology. How can you describe that for us and for our audience in a way that kind of brings it into our everyday lives? I think the easiest way to describe numerology is looking at each number and realizing that each has its own characteristics, its own vibration and energy. And what we do with numerology is we use your date of birth, the name on your birth certificate, and your current name, and using those numbers calculated from those particular um, aspects of your life, we can determine personality traits. We can determine purpose in your life. We can determine what direction you are going in your life. Each number, like I said, has its own characteristics, both positive and negative. And all of these energies work together to form you as a personal individual. Numerology, of course, it does deal with math, some addition and some subtraction, but it's nothing more complicated than that. Numerologists in particular believe that life in general is like this big orderly system of numbers and orderly numbers define life in general. Life is ordered. And the concept of numerology is reincarnation. If you believe in reincarnation, that has a big part of numerology that you keep coming back and your numbers were predetermined even before you were here because the life lessons you didn't learn previously, this life you're going to need to look at those lessons. So if you're a believer in reincarnation, numerology should fit in very well with your beliefs. I never thought of that before, Jaffa. Mm -hmm. The other thing that it sort of reminds me of is horoscopes and astrology. Is there a link there too? It's interesting because numerology does not use place of birth, time of birth, which has to do with astrology. It's our belief that all of this on the other side, we determined what our lessons are for this lifetime. So when we come in, the name that is given to us and the date that we were born those energies are what we need to do and learn in this particular lifetime. So it was all predetermined. I, too, have never thought about numerology factoring into the concept of reincarnation. And I am very much a student of reincarnation. I am a certified past life regression therapist. It's something that I've always been interested in, probably for the past three or four decades. <laughs> and I never really thought about how numbers and the concept of numerology factor into that. That's really fascinating. So thank you for telling me that. Now that's something else I need to look into. No wonder I've always been interested in numerology. They're very much in alignment. Very much so. Very much so. And I, I too have had past life regressions performed, which I absolutely find fascinating. But I'm sure you will agree that each one of those lifetimes, you did learn a lesson or you may have had a lesson you should have learned but didn't. So we move that on into maybe the next uh, particular lifetime. So yeah, all of this is considered that this is all predetermined even before we get here. Fascinating stuff. 
I'm interested, how did you get into this? How did your journey, your spiritual journey, lead you to numerology? Can you share a little bit about that for us? I can. It's um, a long, convoluted story, which I will try to make short, but I was in the insurance industry for over 30 years. (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) That sort of gives your listeners an idea of how old I may be. Um, But (laughs) what happened during that time is I worked in Gettysburg for many, many years. As you know, Gettysburg is a very spiritual place, a lot of history, a lot of ghost stories. So I became interested in the paranormal knew someone personally that owned the Ghost of Gettysburg Ghost Walks and did the Ghost of Gettysburg series of books named Mark Nesbitt. And he held um, a class on electronic voice phenomenon or EVP. And during that time, I went, heard my first live EVP and boy, did the spirituality door come barreling open. I just found so much, so many questions popping into my head. Where where did that come from? What was that? Is there really more beyond what I've been taught in my religious upbringing? From that, it led to me doing paranormal investigations with local people. And during one of my investigations, I met Alison Bachman, who is a numerologist. She happened to be there. She did a numerology reading for me like a month or so later, and I was blown away. And I waited a few years before I really uh, dove into this because I wanted to see how things progressed is what she told me that's going to happen, happen. And to my shock and surprise, she was spot on. (laughs) In addition to that, then I left the insurance industry and started my own business, Spirited Events by Jaffa, which is metaphysical, spiritual, and paranormal events. So I had the opportunity to see all sorts of different types of modalities, astrology, human design, palmistry, psychics, mediums, you know, the list goes on. And what I found through that was numerology for me was always a constant. It was always something that was accurate. It was always something that I can go backwards or forwards and sort of map things out, and it it always was accurate. So I dove a little bit deeper into it, particularly during COVID. That was a great time to to dive into numerology. Since then, I've shared it with many people, and they keep coming back. Same thing. Wow, I can't believe those numbers told you that I'm going to have this particular experience, and it happened. It's amazing. That's really incredible. Mm-hmm. And I am a scientist. My background, I w- was a physicist. So uh, insurance, that's very linear, right? And analytical. And so I like the numbers too. I, I gravitate to that and I like the order there. And that makes me even more fascinated with this because it just seems to resonate with me. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you say that you have a uh, scientific background, because when we talk about your particular life path, it, it amazes me how already it resonates with your experiences. Just for the listeners so that they understand, Kathleen and I supplied our birth dates to Jaffa before we started recording so that Jaffa could run some numbers for us and supply that during the episode. But we have no idea what Jaffa's got in store for us. So (laughs) I'm wondering, can you elaborate about what numerology can tell us? Okay, so numerology has what are called core numbers. The core numbers make up who you are, who you came into this lifetime as. It talks about your talents that you have. It talks about how other people perceive you. Those core numbers are what make you up throughout your lifetime. Then there are other numbers that come into your lifetime, maybe some at the beginning, some in the middle, some at the end. So those are affecting those core numbers. One of the things that we're going to talk about later for the two of you are your personal years. Numerology believes that life goes in nine-year cycles. I am a testament to that because I tracked my lifetime from when I graduated college up until a few years ago and wrote out my major events in my life and matched it up to my personal years. And it does. It rolls into these nine-year cycles. The other thing is that numerology can tell us, if you really want to get into the details, it can talk about compatibility with other people, compatibility with your partner. 
Some people use numerology to look at the address of a house that they want to buy to see if that energy of that house may resonate with them and work with the type of lifestyle that they have. Some people use it actually to determine their child's name or if they have a cesarean that they get to plan, they might want to pick which state they do that on. All of these different things that numerology can do Um, For me, it just gives you a better understanding of who you are, how your life is flowing, and flow with that energy. Don't work against that energy because you want to make the best of who you are and the energy that is given to you and the experiences that are given to you. You've said so many things in the past few minutes that really resonate with me. First of all, Gettysburg. I've been to Gettysburg countless times um, because I live in Pennsylvania and it's kind of the place to go if you're interested in the paranormal or history or for a lot of other reasons. I too have found it to be incredibly spiritual, uh, very sad, but also very spiritual. So that was kind of cool. And I also have the book you referenced, Mark Nesbitt's. So that's interesting as well. I, too, have been very interested in the paranormal and ghost hunters and all that for many, many years, although I've never actually been on one, unlike you. So you kind of beat me to that. I'm not sure I would want to do that. So that's pretty cool. I think we'll have to have you on a future paranormal uh, event that we have. We call them paranormal explorations. But I have to tell you, and no offense to the, the males out there, but The vast majority of them are females that attend my events, and I love seeing them charge into a dark basement or into a jail cell without any fear whatsoever. Kathleen, I'm thinking a field trip. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I would definitely go on a field trip with Jaffa and Andrea to a allegedly haunted place. That would be so cool. That would That would be so fun. Yeah. We will definitely talk about that afterwards. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll have to get something together. I think that would be fun. So, okay, cool. Something else you said that resonated with me, you were talking about Andrea's background and how that is very much in line with her interest in numerology. I have a very different background. My first career, as I think of it, was in law enforcement. I was in law enforcement for hmm, 25 years, maybe a little more. I took an early retirement due to being diagnosed with a chronic illness. It's funny because law enforcement is very different than being a physicist or an insurance, you know, individual. And I never was interested in numbers. I mean, math was always difficult for me. I just kind of was like, ugh, you know, I kind of squeaked my way through geometry and algebra. So it would always intrigued me why I was so interested in numerology. And I'm wondering if anything about my number can tell you why I felt drawn to that. Absolutely. One thing I will say, I'm the same way with you. Numbers and math were never my forte in school either. My daughter still laughs at me. Sometimes I have to do simple math and I'm sitting there with my fingers counting, you know. (laughs) But that's not really what numerology is. But looking at yours, Kathleen, and your date of birth, you are a seven life path. Now, what seven life path is, is a peace lover, which interesting that you're in law enforcement. So what were you trying to do is keep the peace, obviously. (laughs) Sevens are also a seeker of truth and looking for the mysteries of life and trying to find, you know, what is life? What is the meaning of all of this? So seeing that this is something that you're doing here in your podcast, again, makes perfect sense to me. Um, A seven is devoted to really investigating everything that's unknown. And I'm sure with your podcast, you're doing various types of modalities, various types of virtual topics and so forth. If I had to guess, if I walked into your house, you probably have a lot of books. You would probably (laughs) be someone that enjoys reading. Um, Are you a bit of a perfectionist? More than a bit. A lot more than a bit. (laughs) And you probably enjoy solitude. You mentioned earlier that um, when we were speaking that you lived in the country. And that's very typical of a seven because you don't like all that chaos from the big city per se. But you enjoy your time alone to contemplate, to read, to think about things. So that's very characteristic of a number seven. Yeah. Probably the other thing that I think is 
your mission in life is sort of to improve the world through knowledge. And that knowledge doesn't have to necessarily be from a book, but in your case, the more knowledge you absorb from people, from books and so forth, the more you can help share with the world to make it a better place. Does that resonate with you? That is very interesting. One of the things I say, probably way too much, is that knowledge doesn't become knowledge unless it's shared. I truly believe that. You can become the most well-read person, reading a variety of topics and learning all kinds of things, but until that is shared with someone besides yourself, it's useless. It be it's absolutely useless. So knowledge only becomes itself when it's shared. And that's how I see things. And I believe in sharing the things that I've learned. I don't think it's appropriate or right or helpful in any way to keep it to yourself. So that really, really resonates with me. In fact, everything you said <laughs> has kind of nailed me down there. Solitude, yes, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. That was very interesting. I will say you probably, when you do go to a party, though, or something that you enjoy, um, when you're with close friends, I think you're probably a bit of a life of the party. You really come into your element because you're with people you're comfortable with. But then you're happy to oh, go yes. back to your solitude again. Yes, I'm I'm a bit of a an ambivert. I'm an introvert. But when I'm with people that I enjoy being with, I can become very much the life of the party. I have yet to wear a lampshade on my head, but I would never rule that out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> This is really cool to hear about her number and how it, it resonates. And, you know, she's saying it's, you know, you've nailed it with her. And would it be possible to help our listeners figure out their numbers during the episode today so that they might see how their number lines up with what they know about themselves? Could we do that today, Jaffa? We could. Um, it's just going to be simple addition. Okay. All you need is your date of birth. Fantastic. Month, day, year. Mm -hmm. Okay, but can I ask you, what was my number? <laughs> sure, you, you have a five life path. Do you mind if I use your date of birth as an example of how to become a number five? Oh, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and then the listeners can figure theirs out. And if they're a five or a seven, they'll already have a head start. And then we'll also supply them with a reference. So no matter what their number is, they could go look that up for themselves after they finish listening to the episode. Is that all right? Perfect. Perfect. Happy to do that. Great. Okay. So the way we start, let's start with everyone's month of birth. If you have a single digit, just write down that single digits being um, one through nine, January is a one, February is a two, March is a three, and so forth. Um, if you're born in October, November, or December, you're going to write down either 10, 11, or 12. So mark down your, your month of birth. Then we're going to go to the next one, which is your date of birth, the actual day. And then we're going to write down the full year of your birth, 1961, or, or in your case, if you don't mind, 1972. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next thing we're going to do is each one of those, we're going to um, put it down into a single digit. So for instance, if you were born January through September, you're a single digit already for your month. If you're October, November, or December, you would have one plus zero for October. So it would be one for November. There are things called master numbers, which I don't want to get into too in depth, but I'm going to tell you, do not add your one and one because that's a master number. And then if you're a December birth date, you're going to add one and two, which makes it a three. So that's how you calculate your month down to a single digit or the 11. We move over to the day of birth. In your situation, you were born on the 26th. So we're going to break that apart and add two plus six, which is an eight. So we're gonna write that down as our eight day. Then we go into the year. You were born in 1972. 
So it's 1 plus 9 plus 7 plus 2, which is 19. And see, I have to think about that again because that's simple math, but I want to make sure. Then once we have those all broken down, we add them across. In your particular situation, it would be 5 plus 8 plus 19, or 1 and 9 is a 1. So 5 and 8 and 1 is 14. 1 plus 4 is a 5, which makes you a 5 life path. You know, it, it's the interesting thing when we do this over a podcast, it sometimes is easier if people can see it, and I'll be happy to write it down and include it with the life path meanings, like the little cheat sheet on how to do it. But sure. it's as simple as that. That would be great. Okay, so Andrea, for your five life path, first off, I think you're someone that really likes freedom. You don't like routine. You don't like to be tied down to a specific nine to five, same job day after day. You're somebody that loves to experience life. You like to travel. You like variety. You like adventure. You probably are someone that really enjoys meeting new people and experiencing new things with them. I would perceive you as someone that's probably involved in more than one thing at a time. Not necessarily always focused on one particular job, but maybe you have two or three different things going on at one time. Um, Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, that that's interesting because, again, remember I said where there's positive and negatives and there's lessons in the numbers. One of the yes. lessons that you need to learn is focus, planning, prioritizing. <laughs> so those are things that, again, it's part of what your life journey is. You're one that, again, you love experience. If you're going to learn something, you don't want to read about it the way Kathleen does. You want to experience it in some form or fashion. It's, again, you're not the kind of person that's going to be sitting around waiting for someone to tell you about life. You're going to be out there living it and doing it. Again, a five needs a little discipline. I would assume that being a physicist, you certainly had to learn how to have discipline with your studying and so forth. But... You're not a physicist now, so you're out experiencing new things. Absolutely. Yes. Flying by the seat of my pants. And that's <laughs> that's kind of how I uh, go about these days. But it, it's hilarious to me, Jaffa, because I have to say just this morning, I was thinking how I needed to create more of a routine for myself, more predictability, <laughs> more structure. And I was having that stern talk inside my head, you know, wagging my finger at myself, quite frankly, saying, listen, you need to get serious and you need to buckle down and, you know, have some consistency from, you know, today, tomorrow, the next day and have a routine. It would be good for you to do that. So it's just so funny that you bring that up. I would almost call that your inner higher self speaking to you. That's your intuition telling you this is your life path. This is what you're supposed to be learning. Moderation, planning, prioritizing, eliminating drama, you know, through all this chaos. So, yeah, that's a good thing that that you're already recognizing that. Yeah. Well, I have to say I've had the talk with myself many times before, you know, in all honesty, and it never really sticks. But this conversation and knowing, you know, what you've shared here that adds some fuel, I think, to that whole argument for myself. And uh, I'm going to take it more seriously. I mean, I'm all about goals. And if I know that this is seriously one of the things I came to learn, I think it it has more weight to it. I'm so glad that, you know, we're talking about this today. And I can see where just right through this last couple minutes, I could see where numerology could really be helpful to people to give them that insight or maybe that little push to listen to that guidance that they probably brush to the side a lot like like I have through the years I think understanding that that's one number out of many in your chart the life path number is sort of who you were when you came into this life with the lessons that you're gonna have to learn but it also is the, the talents and, and who you are there's other numbers in your core numbers, like your 
what they call expression or destiny. That's sort of like who you're supposed to become in this lifetime. There's the birthday number that talks about all your natural born talents, sort of the kind of things that you come into this world and no one necessarily has to teach you. You already sort of have these talents and abilities. There's a heart's desire. That's what like deep in your soul, what, what it's telling you it really wants to do. And you all get all lit up and sparkly inside when, you know, you're involved with your heart's desire. There's a personality number that talks about how others perceive you when they first meet you. It's not about who you are with your best friends and your close friends, but this is like your first impressions. Um, and then there's what they call the maturity number. It really doesn't come into effect until midlife. <clears throat> but it, again, is sort of your path that you're going to take the remainder of your life, the purpose of the remainder of your life. So those core numbers, again, give you a great blueprint for who you are, why you're here, um, what you should be learning. And then when we match that in with other numbers, as I mentioned before, your pinnacles, your challenges, your essences, your personal years, your personal months, I mean, there's many other energies that flow into your life at different times and influence those numbers. Look at it as your core numbers are going to draw in certain experiences to help your soul reach that goal at the end of your life. Wow. This is a science is what it sounds like to me that it's so involved. And I was under the impression Oh, you got a couple of numbers and, you know, that's kind of cool. But from listening to you explain it, it is multi-layered and very complex, really. And all of these numbers that you're talking about, that goes into uh, what you you do offer readings for people. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I offer um, actually three different types of readings. One is just your core numbers, just to get a better understanding of who you are and why you're here, not necessarily what's going on in your life now or in the past or in the future. I do a second reading, which is a full, more comprehensive type reading where we are looking at the energies that are flowing in at the particular age that you're at and what's going to happen going forward. And then we do a simple one about your personal years. If you remember, we talked about the nine year cycles what you may want to know is what's going to happen this coming year so that I have a better um, understanding of what type of energy I should be flowing with. What types of things should I be focusing on? What type of things should I not be worried if they come into my life unexpectedly because, yep, that's the year it's supposed to happen in. So all of those things, I think, with those types of readings, for me personally, have given me a better footprint and a better grasp on why am I here, where am I going, when do I have to be patient, when do I need to really charge in and you know dive into my life and so forth. And it has surprisingly been so accurate that some days I get up and I'm like, I, I know what this month's going to bring me and I'm ready for it. Bring it on. This is just fascinating, Jaffa. I, like I said at the beginning, I have dabbled in numerology. And like Andrea said, I had no idea it was so multi-layered and complex. And it truly is a science. It just makes me even more interested to learn about it. It's just fascinating. I think one thing people should understand is the hardest part for me learning to be a numerologist is the meshing and interpreting the meshing and melding of all of those numbers together. One thing to understand, and my mentor has always said this, and I love it, is like no one is one number. I've each given you a life path number, but there's more aspects to who you are and what you experience in your life. And it's learning to um, interpret how those energies work together to create you as a unique individual. And so we talked about those numbers for Kathleen and myself and you have given instructions for our listeners to come up with that number themselves. Can you offer just a really quick peek into what the different numbers mean so that they could understand a little bit about that number for themselves? And again, we will put a link down in the show notes so that they can go and easily find more in-depth information about that number for themselves. 
Absolutely. Let me give you just a little overview of life path numbers for your listeners. Life path one, one of the things that life path is really motivated by for this individual would be soul freedom and independence. Life path ones are leaders. These are the kind of people that they come in and say, well, I'm not necessarily going to do it the way you told me to do it because I think this way is better. But if it's not, they'll learn from that and they'll still move on and keep doing something different. They really like their independence. They're very innovative thinkers, though. They sort of can be competitive, too. The interesting thing with a number one life path is they love sports. They love, you know, to be competitive, but they're not really good as a team player. They're more the single type athlete, someone that's going to be competing one-on-one. Again, they don't take the easy way, but they'll take their own way. And that's okay because these are the CEOs, the very interesting and creative people in the world that are moving us ahead with their innovation and their creative thinking. If we look at a life path number two, which I happen to be a life path number two, we are sort of the peacemakers, the sensitives, very diplomatic. We love harmony. I can see both sides of an argument, which is a good thing for me. The negative part sometimes can be, I can't make up my mind. I can't make the decision because I like the balance, which is right and which is wrong. We're very empathic when it comes to a number two because we're very nurturing people. I'm a bit of a pack rat, believe it or not, because we are very nostalgic. I like to keep things. I, I have you know pictures and things from when I was a child and toys and all sorts of stuff. So that's something I need to learn about is sort of letting go. Um, and I don't like confrontations. Number two is they don't like to be in fights. Again, we, we like peace. We like harmony. We like to balance things out. So you know, maybe if you're a number two, maybe you're going to be um, a teacher that's going to, you know, try to keep harmony among your students, or maybe you're going to be a counselor or a judge or something, you know, again, looking at harmony and trying to balance things out. A number three life path, very creative, self-expressive, outgoing. They need sort of public acknowledgement because they're very, they have like a lot of star quality. The one thing we'd like to say about a number three is they have this Peter Pan effect. Like they look younger than they really are and they don't want to grow up. They just like to be out there and they're very vibrant. You'll find a lot of movie stars often are number threes. Number four lifetimes, dedicated workers. This is really the salt of the earth. These are people that are the builders of our, um, our lifetime. They do seek routine. They're going to be the ones that you know, are focused on things. They're going to see it in black and white, right and wrong. They want to get in there and dive in and build and make things. One thing that's a little different sort of than you, Andrea, is these people aren't as impulsive as you might be. You know, these are the people that are going to write a lot of lists down and, you know, take things very methodically. Number five, life path. Again, we talked about freedom loving. You like change. You like adventure. You're very inquisitive. As we say, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing, because you're, you're dabbling in so many different things. A life path six is a caregiver. These are the people that are the nurturers, the nurses, the um, responsible caregivers. They're very generous, very supportive, very family oriented. They're going to like give, 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 give to everyone else. The lesson they have to learn is to also receive and take care of themselves amid all of that giving. That was six. So I think we're up to number seven life path. Very much a peace lover and truth seeker, as we mentioned for you, Kathleen. Um, you want to improve the world and you're going to do that through all the wisdom that you acquire in the, the times of your solitude and so forth. An eighth life path. Eight life path is sort of similar to a one in that they're very much a leader. They're very pioneering. They're very business oriented. But an eight also is very materialistic. They like to acquire things. They have this really deep-seated drive to succeed for money, for status. They're the kind of people that say, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. You know, we're just going to dive in there and we're going to do it whether it's a great success or a great failure they're just going to keep forging ahead a nine life path these are the humanitarians of the world very compassionate very broad-minded 
They're not interested in the material games that a, an eight life path is. They have great intuition, very deep thinkers on a deep understanding of life, very much a, a great listener to other people. And these are often where you'll find a lot of your psychic mediums as nine life paths. We get into, there's three other kinds, which I don't want to get into a lot of details, but we talked about master numbers. 11, 22, 33 are master numbers. They really just bring in a higher bit of energy. An 11, 2 life path would be like a master philosopher, very spiritually gifted and very interested in the metaphysics. 22, 4 would be what we call a master teacher, master builder. This is someone that's really able to manifest things in, in life more so than the average person. And a 33-6, we call them like the master of a healing energy. These are the people that are going to really be transformational in the world and the world's consciousness. 33s are, I would like to say, rare, but they're also just so very special. And I, I, I like to bring up the example of Meryl Streep, believe it or not, is a 33-6 life path number. And when you look at Meryl Streep, you might just think, oh, she's an actress. But look what she does behind that. She's very much a humanitarian when it comes to helping other women and empower other women. She's very much a family person. She's very much out there trying to promote doing the right thing and the right energy. So beyond her great talent as an actress, she has so much more that she's giving to this world. Again, that's just a, a real brief highlight on the life path numbers. That's that one aspect of each individual's life. But there's so much more in your other numbers that can round you out. Very interesting. And as you were talking, and I have a feeling Andrea was experiencing this as well, I was sensing that there are other numbers lurking in my profile, especially number two. <laughs> the peace-loving, empathetic, avoiding confrontation. That is me to a T. So that was interesting. And also, when you were talking about the master numbers... 11, 22, and 33. One of my sons, who is a master number, he is uh, an 11, and I have talked with him about this. He is a Reiki master, he is a therapist, he is highly spiritual, so right on with that. But when someone is trying to figure out their number, so I guess if you are an 11, you just get to the end of your addition, and if it's an 11, you don't break it down to a 2. Am I correct? Is that how that works? It's actually um, a little bit earlier in your calculations. Say you were born in November 2nd, you know, 1950. Okay. That 11 in your November, you're going to carry that all the way down through. And oh, add I it up see. With your I other see. numbers. Okay. Then if that last number happens to be 11, you're not going to reduce the final number either. You're going to leave that as an 11 we okay. say 11 slash 2 because 1 and 1 is 2. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not reduced earlier in your calculations. Mm -hmm. I see. So that would hold true for the 22s and 33s as well. Correct. I did not know that. Thank you for clarifying that because I was wondering because typically we break down the number to a single digit. And okay, that makes a lot more sense. I'm thinking if you want real briefly, this is something simple that your listeners can do is calculating your personal year. And I did do your personal year, Kathleen and Andrea, just to give you a, a rough idea. Okay. There are things called universal years. Every year has a universal number. We are in 2021, which is 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 1. So that puts us in a 5 universal year. Now, 5 is all about change. And you have to admit, this has been a pretty interesting <laughs> year of change. <laughs> so yes, indeed. what we look at even more closely is we take our date of birth, our month and day. I'm 327. So I'm three, and then we add the seven and two, which is nine, and we add that to the five universal year. So you take in your month, your day, and the universal year and adding those numbers together. I happen to be in an eight personal year. But Kathleen, looking at yours, you are in a three personal year. 
three personal year is going to be all about a lot of communication and self-expression. This is the year where you need to either be it through the spoken word, the written word, through art, but this is the year for you to get out and express who you are. Um, it's a great year to manifest. If there's things that you envision that you want to do, this is the year for you to create that through your expression. Because this year is a little bit of a scattered energy, we tell people in their number three personal year to be a little cautious of finances. Sometimes we get a little loose with the finances in a three-year. But the other positive thing about a three-year is it's a very lucky number. You may uh -huh. unexpectedly you know, have something come to you that you didn't expect, and maybe you've already had that experience earlier this year. But this is a year to really be joyful. Don't, don't let anything bring you down. I know there's been a lot of change, but this is the year to let everyone know who you are through word, through joy, through spending time with friends and family. So does any of that resonate with how 2021 has gone so far this year? Yes, I've been spending more and more time communicating. As you said, I write. I've taken a break from writing the past month or so, and I'm very eager to get back to it. And of course, the podcast. I mean, we communicate through that. I've also had radio show at one time. I'm just very much into communicating. It comes down to sharing that knowledge that I spoke of earlier that I've managed to collect over the years. Oh, it resonates very much. And when you said something unexpected, I just had some very unexpected, wonderful news last week completely out of left field. It was very surprising, but absolutely wonderful. So yeah, I guess my number three year is shaping up the way it needs to, right? Absolutely. Sounds just like, like what I described. So cool. And the thing why I think it's important to understand your personal year is because at the beginning of the year, if you knew what that energy was, you would say, yes, this is a year I'm really going to focus on my writing and my communication, you know. So you flow with that energy a little bit easier and take advantage of that energy that's in your life. That's a really good point. I think that's something that our audience needs to hear, that knowing your personal year number can really guide you through that year and help you to work with the energies that are present. I think that's that's wonderful to hear that. So thank you. I so agree, Kathleen, because as she was talking, I was thinking, yeah, it's like an invitation. It's like an invitation to the year, an invitation to pursue or embrace certain opportunities that are advantageous, that perhaps we can fulfill or manifest even uh, quicker and better and all of that. So yeah, I kind of look at it like that, an invitation. And just to sort of build on that, Kathleen, since you're in a three personal year this year, 2022, you're going to be in a four personal year. And four personal year is all about building foundations through a lot of hard work. I mean, next year you might find that you are very busy regarding what you would like to create in your life. And that's the year you really want to put in all the energy. So don't okay. think that next year you're going to be kicking back with your feet up and relaxing. It is going to be a year that you should focus on. But again, if you take advantage of that um, energy, who knows what you could create. That's good to know. So uh, thank you for sharing that and reminding me of that because I'm no stranger to hard work. In fact, I sometimes have a hard time relaxing and that sounds like it's right up my alley. <laughs> I just want to comment on something Andrea just said too. The invitation, first of all, I love that word being used to describe it. And it just seems to me that working with the energies of the year, just as we work with energies in our Reiki practices and what your numerology practice and what have you, it smooths the path. We are working with the flow of the universe instead of fighting the current. It is an invitation to surrender, to surrender to the flow of the universe. Take advantage of what's available to you. You know, pay attention to the energies and reap the rewards of doing so. That's how I see it. That's beautiful. I, I totally agree. And I, I think a good example, Andrea, I do want to give you your personal year. You're in a nine personal year. Nine personal year is about endings, about 
letting go of things that no longer serve you. It's the end of the nine-year cycle because starting next year, you're going to have new beginnings. You're going to start a whole new nine-year cycle. So this is the year you want to make room for all the new things that are going to happen next year. Maybe you have some unfinished business. This is the time to finish it up because, again, 2022 for you is going to be all about let's start creating the new things. Let's let's let in all those new beginnings and let's take action to get those things that I've been wanting to create and start on your new nine-year cycle. So I don't know if you've been house cleaning, if you've let go of some projects that, you know, no longer are serving you that you're starting to wheedle down because you're doing two and three and four things at a time. Maybe you're finally agreeing to let go of some of those. But does any of that resonate with you? Oh, most definitely. I have completely shifted, you know, how I'm working and all working now from home. I gave up my office, my, you know, where I saw my clients and it was very difficult for me to do, but I did that towards the beginning of the year. It was difficult for me to do. I loved it, but something within me told me that even though it was difficult, it was time and I just needed to let go because letting go would let me go with the flow and invite in and welcome in whatever was next. And I have to say, I'm teaching online now instead of in person. And that was something else that I shifted. And I absolutely love it. I love it. And so now I'm at a point where I look back and I'm so grateful for these changes. But speaking about letting things go too, I've been cleaning out closets. I've been looking at, okay, what can I change here? Because I look around and I think, you know, that's just old and tired and I want to freshen this up. I just painted in my bathroom the other day because it's like I got tired of looking at the old paint. So I don't know. I'm really intrigued, though, with what you're saying about next year. And I'm thinking, wow, what am I going to do? I'm going to be very interested in learning more numbers and going deeper, I think, with you after we're done with the podcast. Yeah, the different readings that you're offering. And it's really incredible, really gets my wheels turning. I Believe me, I can totally relate because that's exactly how I felt after my initial readings and and, uh, my personal year forecasts. And it has made my life so much simpler to have a better grasp of my numbers. When the year of change happened for me, there were some very unexpected changes, um, not necessarily even good ones that came into my life, but because I sort of knew they were coming or a new change was coming, I accepted it with a more of an open heart and allowed it to come into my life to deal with it and then to move on and make the best of it. The year that I was supposed to have a lot of family-related issues, I sort of expected it was going to deal with my elderly parents who happen to be 91 now. And it had nothing to do with my parents. It had something to do with my daughter. So I think the other lesson is It's good to accept the theme of your year, but don't try to anticipate necessarily what's going to happen because then when that doesn't happen and something completely different happens, you're like, whoa, what happened there? I just like to put that theme out there, understand what the energy is, and then make the best of whatever comes during that year relating to that energy. And you bring up such a wonderful point because I think I would be very prone to trying to figure it out. And I guess that's probably pretty typical or pretty common with people. And I could see where that really might trip you up. And can numerology predict the future at all? It can in combination with your personal year, your uh, pinnacles and challenges and essences, Those are all energies that flow in that we can look at your chart and see how they interact at certain times throughout your life. It may not give you, again, the specific incident of what is happening, but it'll give you the energy and the theme of what is happening. The one thing that I think with numerology that has taught me is to have faith and trust in the timing of the universe. 
again, I may not know what's going to happen, but I have faith and trust that it's going to be the best to put my soul on the path to achieve what my life goals are and my life purpose. So if anything, it, it has. It's, it's taught me patience. And for a long time, I was a very impatient person. <laughs> so it's been a, an interesting lesson, but um, it's something that's made my life so much easier. Wow. And another question I had about this is, so we've looked at life path number, correct? And then this personal year, and you listed some other numbers earlier. And I know with... <laughs> horoscopes, I keep going back to horoscopes for some reason, I'm putting this, you know, in a related basket, I I suppose. But there are daily horoscopes. Are there daily numbers in numerology to also reference? There actually are. There's personal months and personal days. I personally don't necessarily always dive down into the day because sometimes those energies can flow from day to day and sort of meld together. I don't mind saying, though, that a personal month has, again, seemed to come to fruition based on those personal numbers. So, yeah, I, I really think that you can almost map out your year in what's going to happen. I don't try to look at mine at the beginning of the year and really dive in and say, this is what I'm going to do month to month, day to day. But again, understanding the theme is so important. I've so enjoyed listening to all about numerology, the only thing it's accomplished is to make me want to know more and more and more about this. Me too. So that's great. <laughs> and I am curious, though, because I think all three of us are well-versed in more than one modality. We have several modalities under our belt that we practice. And I'm wondering, how does numerology interact or harmonize with other modalities? It's interesting you bring that up now because Last year, I was in a seven-personal year, which is all about introspection and soul-searching and, you know, taking time to evaluate my path. So we had COVID, which I'm sure we all remember very fondly for 2020. It gave me a lot of time to really focus on myself. And during that time, I did personal readings with other experts in astrology, again, my mentor with numerology, human design, gene keys. I had hand analysis done. I had psychic and mediumship readings. And the number four in my chart, which is the very organized list person, I got my spreadsheet out and sort of spreadsheeted all the different things that these people told me from all these different spiritual and metaphysical modalities. And what it taught me was that they were so similar in readings, so similar in messages. But I think the thing that sort of put the icing on the cake is when someone did my hand analysis, which is basically almost like a palm reading, but this individual, uh, her name is Janet Savage, who I would highly recommend. She's a master hand analyst. And she did an in-depth reading of my hand and just looking at the lines and bumps and everything else on my hand was able to give me the same information that numerology was, the same life purpose, the same direction, the same reason for being here. So to me, that was very validating that we came into this life with a purpose, with a path, with things that we need to learn. And I don't really care which modality speaks to you. I think that's why there are so many different ones out there. Exactly. It's for you to find the one that resonates with you mm -hmm. and to learn what speaks to you and then follow that path. Again, another lesson that I think I've learned, I came into my spirituality through the paranormal. Somebody else may come into it through a wonderful Reiki session. Someone else may come into it because they had a really inspiring psychic reading or tarot card reading. It's just a big funnel. All these different things funnel us into the same understanding, the same purpose. Numerology is just one that resonated with me, and I'm happy to share it with others. And I appreciate you allowing me to share that with your, your guests. Well, it has been remarkable to talk with you. And as you are explaining that about the different modalities, I just think it's absolutely beautiful how this all works, how everything meshes together. And if you think about it, it's like everywhere that we can look in life, we see 
guidance, you know, or the, the same messages out there and available for us if we tune in. And like you say, the message is the same. It's consistent. There's truth to it. And I feel really, and it sounds maybe strange, but I feel almost comforted that you shared that about all of the different modalities giving you the same truth. It makes me feel more secure in this earthly life that we do get so much support and guidance from any number of directions that is consistent. I just feel like that is amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And you mentioned things that you offer. Could you elaborate a little bit about that? What services do you offer and where can we find out more information, Jaffa? Well, I've been very blessed to have met many gifted spiritual and metaphysical practitioners through my business, again, which is Spirited Events by Jaffa, which is spelled J-O-F-A. And what I offer through that is really giving the opportunity for others to explore all these various different types of modalities. I have many psychic mediums I deal with that do classes maybe on spirit guides or stepping into energy or we have gotten into cryptozoology. Let's talk about ETs and Bigfoot and so forth. We do spiritual growth retreats where we get together and bring in different practitioners. Maybe it's going to be to deal with Qigong or we're going to have someone come in and talk about numerology or Reiki. It's just inviting in all these gifted people and, again, giving others the opportunity to learn a little bit about it to find what really speaks to their heart. So I give both online classes, which, again, COVID also gave me the opportunity to expand my business to do that. But when we are allowed to, I, we also do in-person. And I do those um, predominantly in Pennsylvania, but we have done, particularly with the paranormal, we do those wherever the haunted place takes us, as we say. <laughs> um, but yeah, people can go online to spiritedeventsbyjatha.com, and I have a list of public events. The vast majority right now are online, just because we're a little uncertain what's going to be happening with COVID. But I do have some weekend events in Gettysburg that you might want to check out. Cool. And then I also have a tab on there for private readings. I have... Um, people doing tarot cards, palmistry, psychic mediums. Um, I even have someone that does tea leaf readings called, called tassiography. So yeah, pet readings. We have someone that does pet communications. So it gives everyone, again, an opportunity to experience all this unknown metaphysical world that we live in. But I think, again, it's becoming much more common than uncommon. And I'm so blessed to be able to know these people and share them with everyone. Sounds wonderful. What a resource you're offering. Seriously, that's a wonderful yes. resource. I'm, I'm very interested in learning more about that. Well, I do want to tell your listeners, I do have three numerology classes coming up online. The first one is October 14th, and it's what I call Numerology 101, or 1.0, I'm sorry. See, there I go with my simple math, and I can't even do that right sometimes. <laughs> but no, 1.0. Um, it's just a really basic, better understanding of numerology. And then we do a numerology 2.0 in November. And then the beginning of 2022, we're going to talk about your personal years and what to expect for 2022. Again, another online class. So if anyone wants to dive in a little deeper, I would love to have them join us. Sounds very interesting. Don't be surprised if I show up on your doorstep. Not your do not literally. Don't worry. I'm not going to stalk you. That sounded odd. <laughs> You'd have a long drive to stalk me right now. You know yeah. I'm down in Tennessee, right? Yeah, in yeah. Tennessee. That's it's a bit of a haul. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do that. No worries. <laughs> well, we've certainly used up all of our time today, and Jaffa, the time just flew. Honestly, I could probably discuss this with you all day, and then some more. I have learned so much, <laughs> and what a wonderful way to start off season two. I just think it's wonderful, and I think our audience will agree. Yes. Once again, I thank you for agreeing to be our guest, for sharing your wisdom and your experience, and we're just really grateful that you're here today. Thank you so much. 
Well, my deepest gratitude to you both for inviting me and sharing my love of numerology with everyone. So I wish everyone a blessed and spirited day. Yes, indeed. Fantastic. Thanks, Jaffa. And we will see you all again in two weeks beyond the Reiki Gateway. Thanks for tuning in. And before we say our final goodbye, Kathleen and I wish to share our heartfelt gratitude with all of our regular listeners who've chosen to support our all-volunteer effort here at the podcast by leaving positive reviews, sharing about the podcast with your friends and family, and on social media as well, and of course by contributing through donation. It is through your efforts that our audience continues to grow, and Kathleen and I wanted to just say thank you. And we certainly look forward to the next time we meet and explore beyond the Reiki Gateway.